sing verse 2. Heavenly Father, we come into this atmosphere tonight. We know that's not resident to a building with sticks and stones. We know that's not just part of a natural people. But Lord, there's a people that have come into your house. A people in which the light of God burns. That fire of God, that pillar of fire. And we believe that that's what's present in our midst tonight. We want to thank you for your spirit in the song service. We thank you for that which has brought us here. We thank you, O Lord, for that which burns in our hearts. And Lord, we're asking as we've come now into this place, we surrender everything to you. We surrender our beings and our vessels. And we're asking that you will overshadow us. Take the preeminence now in this service, Father. For we give ourselves unto you. And Lord, we pray now just overtake both speaker and hearer and live through us, believe through us. Lord, work through us, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Really good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. I really appreciate the spirit that's here, and I believe that God is here, and God is in his people. We want to thank you for that. So. We just wanted to um, just make mention briefly, if I can. Actually, I'm just going to get you to go directly to the Word, and then we'll go after that, just make a couple of comments after that. Let's just go directly to Psalms chapter 40. Psalms chapter 40. appreciate the song service of our brother Jeff, and he's, he feels like he stepped into something, and I feel like I stepped into something, and we've all stepped into something. Psalms chapter 40, verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and he heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, and he and established my goings. He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise to our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord." Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire, Mine ears hast thou opened, burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, lo, I come, in the volume of the book it is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. And the church said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may have your seats. I'm going to ask you also to turn to another scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and then in James chapter 5. 
But while, uh, while we just keep our fingers there, just a couple of quick announcements. Brother Joe Perizok is still in the hospital today. He's due to come out. He's still weak. He's lost some weight. But we're happy to have Sister Maria here. God bless you, Sister Maria. She's a, she's a soldier and she's a trooper, and we appreciate her. God bless you. Amen. We have been praying over time for Sister Erica. That's Sister Erica Parker, Brother Donnie's uh, daughter. She's been going through a great trial. They've, they've almost come to a place where the cancer, they've said, is incurable. They don't almost know what to do. She had to go to see at a PET scan, uh, what they call a PT scan, um, which is, uh, was on Friday, and they brought her back, and there's a bunch of things. Um, but this was her testimony. They're, they're going to have another form of radiation that will target the cancer cells only, and it releases some statin. It'll, it'll take another four to six weeks for tre treatments. But at the end of that, she says this, I don't know if this is the method the Lord will use for my healing or not, but I'm trusting in his promise. He's never failed me, and he won't start now. I love that. That's a good testimony. We don't know what God will do, but we're just trusting in him every step of the way. Amen. Let's just go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We'll follow this through um, in this thought tonight. Verse 11. Now all these things have happened unto them for in samples. He's talking about all the things that have come upon in the, in the history of Israel and all of that's there. All these things happen to them for in samples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. I don't know if there's ever been a people that this has been written for, but the end of the world is here. Therefore, for let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There has no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. One more scripture, James chapter 5. James chapter 5, and we will read in verse 16. Confess your faults one to another, pray one for another, that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And now, if you just left it there, you think, well, i got to work myself up to something. But then God gives us this condition. And he says, Elias or Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. He was a human being. He had humanity all over him. He was subject to all that, but he brings back the first promise. He said, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months, and he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. So God working in man. Amen. I, if I give a title to this, this is kind of a long title, but it'll summarize everything I'm going to say in one sentence. 
So it, it'll be. I want to speak on the workable element of a seed gene in humanity. The workable element of a seed gene in humanity. If I just get right into the thought, we are living in a horrible day, as Brother Branham would call it. Uh, it's, it's, if we measure it, if we, we, we could never recognize how horrible it is by our natural senses. I, I had just been in prayer in the morning yesterday. I had come um, and, and I was called to go to a site. I didn't expect to go there. And I met with an individual and, and as I was just a few minutes with him and I just saw how nervous he was and, and how many things he had around him and I said, oh, this civilization has so taken people and pushed them into a place that they don't, they're run ragged and they don't even know what's going on. And I said, oh God. And then I, I just thought of that, you know, they don't even realize it. And it fulfills the Laodicean church age, which is wretched, miserable, blind, naked, and it's summarized, and they don't even know it. Now, my, 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 all the conveniences, all the things you want, all the gadgets. You want to go somewhere, plug it into your car. It'll program it for you. It'll take you here. It'll show you this. All the information you want right at your fingertips. It's all there. And yet, this is the condition. Now, if I, if I start as an, as an introduction, now we know we're coming to the end of the earth, the end of the world. And as we come to the finish line and as all things come to an end, as the systems come to a head, turn with me to Revelations 13. I just used this in a previous service, but I'm going to go right there again. Revelations 13. And it would talk about three things. The dragon, the beast, and the image. And actually they're all related. In fact, what the image does, it really... It, it, it camouflages the beast that's behind it. And, and what the beast does, it, it, it doesn't show the real power, which is the dragon behind it. And now if you take that same thing, because what the devil does is an impersonation of what God does. And so God has a spirit, he has a prophet, and he has a bride. So what the bride is, is what the prophet has already brought. They that receive the message are not hearing naturally, but they're hearing what the spirit has already spoke to the prophet. So you can memorize it, you can intellectualize it, but if you can catch the spirit application, that will do you more good than all the memorization. So he says, and what the prophet is, is what the spirit of God is thrust to this age. So now those two parallel each other, but let's just read in, in, verse, in chapter 13, verse 3. Uh, let's just go to verse 4. Well, I wanted to read the latter part of verse 3. All the world wondered after the beast. And they worshiped the dragon. Now, Revelation 13 is the United States in prophecy. And so, all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshiped the dragon which gave power to the beast. And they worshiped the beast saying, Who is like unto the beast who is able to make War with him. 
Verse 6, and he opened his mouth to blaspheme against God, his, to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given to him. So he was given this place. He was, he was allowed to take this dominion. And it was given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them and power and was given power over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. And, then, and all of these conditions, if you would stop everything right there, you'd say, what a hopeless world. Yeah. How hopeless is all of this? But the next verse says this, and all that dwell on the earth shall worship him, except for one caveat. There's one caveat. And it said, all shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So unless your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, who was slain from before the foundation of the world, you will be among the class that shall worship him, that shall wonder after him, that shall, shall be fallen trapped to all of these things. Now, it's amazing that God would allow this foundation... And, and, and if you actually take uh, in Timothy, and it's in Timothy, 1 Timothy 3.16, one of the two, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, he knows them that are his. He knows them that are his, and he has an ability to make them know that he, you're a part of me. Now Abraham, Abraham, it was just like any other man. He was an idol worshiper. He, he was a complete heathen, but God chose him. And God knew him, and God saw attributes in him, and God said, I've got a plan for you, Abraham. So Abraham didn't know all of that, but as Abraham walked out in obedience, as he began to be obedient to God, and Abraham heard something that his brother didn't hear, that his father didn't hear, that even Lot didn't hear. And even though his father and Lot went with him for a season, but Abraham had an ability to catch the supernatural. Now that was deposited by God. That was not what Abraham had. But something in, the, in light of everything he'd lived for 70 years when he'd heard all these voices, but the voice that God spoke was a voice that caused him to leave everything. And I, there's an element there that we all need to identify with because in our natural thinking, we never would have come the way God has told us to come. Now, some of us came from the world. Some of us came from different situations. But wherever you come from, whether it's a church or whatever it is, you won't move with the crowd. You will move when God moves you or calls you. You cannot move with the herd. It's not... It's a gospel to individuals. And God will deal with one in one season, and he'll deal with another one in another season. And you need to recognize your season. And it may not be the same as the one sitting beside you. It may not be the same as your mom and dad. But when it's God, and you know it's God, you have to respond to him. You have to allow that seed that's within you to hear and to recognize where it came from. So Abraham, God knew what was in Abraham, but he wanted Abraham to know what was in Abraham. So he allowed Abraham to go through things. <sighs> he allowed him 
He allowed him to come into Pharaoh's court. He allowed him to lie, and he allowed, and even God, even, even though Abraham lied, God stood for him. And Abraham must have been awfully ashamed to say that despite my human flesh and my humanity, God still has something for me that's greater than Pharaoh. And it's no different today. Oh, thank God for that little something on the inside. That little tug, as Brother Branham would call it. Oh, aren't you glad it's there tonight? Sometimes it, 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 it doesn't feel like it's there. It's like that kite. You know, it's up in the clouds and you, don't, you can't see the kite. But how do you know it's there? Because I feel the tug once in a while. How do you know God's there? How do you know he's got his eye on me? Because I feel the tug once in a while. Thank God it's there. So now, as, as, as we look at this, and uh, I, I need to... To move on, God knew what was in Abraham, but he wanted Abraham to know it. So as Abraham went on his journey, he began to see more and more what God had for him. I won't take more time with that. Revelation 17, just a couple of verses over. Revelation 17. Now I want you to take a look at this, and I'm, I'm moving into a realm of, of what the natural man sees versus what the spiritual man catches despite the all of the the signals that the other senses are telling him. Now we're going to use John, John the Revelator, for a moment. I'll, I'll just give you a, a preamble. And, and, and it was the same thing with Samuel when he went to pick the next king of Israel. In his natural senses, he picked the oldest, the best-looking. David was not his first choice. That was the last choice and only because God told him. And, and, and it was the same as, we used this example just a few weeks ago. It was the apostles, when they were in an upper room, before they had the Holy Ghost, in their wisdom, they walked with God, they did these things. We need to have a vote. We need to bring somebody else on the scene. Matthias, you're the one. And yet it was never God's program. So we need to recognize within ourselves, we are not equipped in our natural man. But the seed gene in the inside is what God works with. I was just, I was just sharing a story with someone the other day. There, there's elements that, and, and God, and Brother Man told Brother Neville, he said, sometimes we do things that go beyond our own senses. And I'll say there's things in a believer you know, we live in such a world, they program you. You know, GPS, you got to go this way. Uh, how, how many can say the GPS is absolutely foolproof, it does everything? I've been led astray many times by a GPS. Uh, many times. You know what? And, 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 and we live in a world where you're programmed. You know, I, I don't have Wi-Fi. I don't have a connection. How am I going to get home? And, you know, simple things like, I'm, I'm, I've got to head west, and the GPS is having you go this way to the east, and the sun's behind you. That should be a warning sign. But people don't look at that anymore. It's whatever it says. I mean, it's, no, it's not that way. And, and it's not what our senses say. It's what God says. And I, I was just sharing this example. I, I said, uh, God was dealing with me. And I, I'd been given a, a, a present from my grandmother at Christmas. God was, and I didn't understand what was going on. And she gave me $20, and I didn't know what to do. And all of a sudden, God just said, something inside of me said, I didn't go buy a Bible. And I went and bought a Bible. 
This is, this is before I had any confession of Christianity. The Bible actually cost $30, and I put $10 of my own into it, and I bought a Bible, and I'm driving home, and I come up, and I park behind the garage like I always park, and I'm about to go into the house, and something just said to me, you can't bring that Bible in your room. You've got books in there that are not right. And I said, that's right. And I went into my room, and I know what the books were. And I got a garbage bag, and I put them all in the garbage bag, and I walked back out, and I deposited them in the garbage. Then I took the Bible, and then I walked into my room. Now, who taught me that? That was the Spirit of God in me working before I was ever saved. And I say that same God wants to have that relationship with every one of us. He doesn't want us to be robots. He wants us to be in touch with him. Lively stones that he can work with. And we need to live in that level. Brother Adam, I'm going I'm to use a quote here real quick. And it, and it wasn't right at the beginning of my notes, but I'm going to use it this way. And Brother Adam would talk about the supernatural. And he says, no woman, sorry, any man, woman, boy, or girl, I think, he says, in an intellectual conception of what they think the word is, will never have a full foundation to stand on until they have met the light that brings the word to reality. Now, I, I, love, I love how Brother Brandt said it about being energized. And I thought, we need to be energized. Say, well, I, I got a bat, I had an experience. No, I'll tell you what, we need it daily. We need to be in touch with God. And, and, and Brother Man would go on and say, now, no church in its practice, no matter how intellectual and fundamental it might be, that church cannot thrive until the supernatural is made known among that people. And it can be as little as a little thing, like Brother Jeff singing a song, he brought me out of the miry clay. And then a preacher will go and take that scripture. It can be a little thing like that, or it can be a visiting minister that comes in that didn't know anything about anything, and he hits something bang on. How does that happen? Because God is here. Don't carnalize. Be careful we don't carnalize what God is doing. Oh, don't you, aren't you happy for the Spirit of God? Aren't you happy that you can have liberty in that? That we're not dried up and we're regimented and we're robots. No, we're not. We're Christians. We're lively stones led by the Spirit of God. The God that dwells in the heavens and the earth is our God. And he walks with us and he talks with us. Revelation 17, verse 6. Now John, he sees a vision. I saw a woman drunken with the blood of the saints, with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. Now, we can all say, well, I read further, and I know that this is a woman that sits on seven hills, identified as that great whore, a prostitute, Rome, and we could say 
the Catholic Church. And John looks at this vision and he says, I wondered with great admiration. And the angel said to him, wherefore did you marvel? I'll tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carried her, which had seven heads and ten horns. The beast which thou sawest and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition, and they that dwell on the earth shall wonder. Another caveat, whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they beheld the beast that was and is not and yet is. And so here's this, and then he tells John, okay, John, here, beyond what your eyes see, verse nine, here is the mind that has wisdom. That's what we want to tap into. Not just intellectual, but I want to know the God that knows all things. Even though it looks foolish to my eyes, he knows better than I do. You know, Brother Branham would come to a place, he, here he's in Colorado, he's in a storm, and he's heard the weather reports, overwhelming evidence of what's going to happen, and, and he's told all the men, all the men around him, if you see a snowflake, head to the bottom right away. And he's doing the same thing, and he's going, and something said, stop. Now, not just anything, but a voice that he'd heard a voice that he'd known, a voice that he'd come to trust in, and, and he said, stop and go back into that storm? And he's questioning it. Now, he's the same one who had learned lessons along the way. In a guide, he thought, I got this. I'll go this way and I'll find it. And he found himself lost. Now, he had to learn to trust God then. He had to learn to trust God for later in his life. So everything that we have is a stepping stone to a greater enactment of God walking in us. So we need to have that relationship, that kind of a thing that says, I know him. I know in whom I have believed it. I know the master of the wind. I know he watches over me. That's the kind of relationship we want to have. I'll tell you, when you dwell in that circle, all things are possible. All fear is gone. You can say, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know he's with me. I know he's led me. I don't know what's around the corner, but I know he's going to keep leading us. So, now, God's ways are higher than our ways. <coughs> I have a couple of scriptures I'm going to skip. I'm going to skip the ones in Job. We'll come back to them. Now, I want to talk for a moment about the heavenly aspect. Last time I spoke on the book of life, Brother Andrew fell, fell, followed through real well last Wednesday. I appreciated that service. God bless you, Brother Andrew. Now, Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Now, in the mind of God, that was a finished work. Uh, and I'll come back to this in a minute. But part of that also was that in that book there were names of a people that were foreknown. The bride was foreknown. And he died for them. Now, along the way, because God is such a good God, he also said, now, he's the one who said to the Catholic Church, I gave her space to repent even after she killed so many. He's a good God. 
And yes, he said, whosoever will, let him come. He also gave Cain an opportunity to come. If you want to do well, just do what your brother did. Now, now it was meant and targeted for a certain group of people. But he, he allowed others to come into it. So in the mind of God, he said, I, I, I've got two sections in the book of life. Now, you can read Invisible Union. I'm not going to get into depth in this tonight. But he said, when your God transfers your name, when, 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 when you, he, he says, in from the book of life into the Lamb's book of life, but he does it to those that he always has foreknown. Now, I, I, I need to just share a couple quotations here. <coughs> Brother Branham would talk and, and, and he'll sh share this in a couple of places. Now, when God speaks, every word is so. God's word will be worth more in the next few minutes than all the words I can say. And he says, any man can see, say anything, tell you anything, speak of anything. He actually says, minister can speak of anything. Man is subject to making mistakes and telling stories. <laughs> Oh, fishermen are especially prone to this. Man's word is just man's word. Now, but he says, I believe gifts and callings were without repentance. He says, now, it's not what you try to work yourself up to. It's what you're born to be. Now, now how many remembers the story of Howard Branham? And Brother Branham, and now he, he had walked... With God and Brother Branham, I, I, I don't have the quotation with me, but he, he said he was called to be a preacher. But his associates kept him back from it. And as he's lying there on his deathbed and confessing to Brother Branham, and Brother Branham said, and, he, and he's realizing he never fulfilled the potential that God had for him. And he's saying, Do you think he'll understand, Bill? Oh, he'll understand in the by and by. So, so predestination, let's not get this. Predestination is not, as Brother Branham would say in the message, um, oh, I, I, I forget which message, but he said it's not God pushing a man through a pipe and him coming out on the other end. You're a free moral agent and you have to cooperate with it. So it's not just, well, I'm, I'm a C gene, I'm predestinated, I'll be there. No, you actually, the level to which you fulfill will be part, you will have to cooperate with it just as Jesus had to cooperate with a part of him that was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Now Jesus, he was that lamb, but he didn't just come to the earth and say, well, I'm the lamb, it'll happen. No, he actually humbled himself. He died the death. Oh my, I, I, I just, there was, we, we were in a Bible study and there was a quote yesterday that just hit me and it was so wonderful. And, and it says, now, God could not suffer in the spirit. He had to become flesh to feel the pain of sickness. Now, he could not do that as the great spirit, Jehovah. He could not make intercessions for people. But Jesus took that in order to make intercession for us that he might know how you feel. 
So as a part of looking on that book, he says, I'm going to die. Well, you know, I'm going to die. I'll, you, know, you know what? Maybe I'll just die accidentally falling off a cliff. That'll be good. No, that would not have redeemed you and I. That would not have allowed him to be a high priest. That would not have allowed him to fully enter. Listen, he had to be worthy. It's in character that you're made worthy. Character is a victory. It's not given to you. But you've got to cooperate with the program of God. Now, I'm taking the God part because we need to reciprocate on the flesh part. In order for God to redeem us, he had to come down to our level. And actually beneath to where we should go, even to hell. In order for us to be like him, we've got to come and recognize what he did for us. And fulfill the part that that would reciprocate him. Now he says, before God could ever understand... I I can't even think about this quote almost hardly. God could never understand something. (laughs) Before God could ever understand (laughs) him being the great holiness, how could he ever understand after he condemned man by his holiness the only way he'll ever know how to justify man is to become man. Oh, you mean God in this great spirit, until he came into flesh, until he washed feet with lowly fishermen, he didn't even understand that. You know, Brother Adam would take misconceptions like the eternal son of God. He says, How foolish a statement is that? There is no eternal son of God. That's part of a trinity doctrine. But God, a son is manifest from the father, begotten of his loins, and he develops into something. I'll come to this on Sunday. I'm just laying a few seeds for that. But I'll say this. There is no eternal son of God. God became man. And he became, he humbled himself. He went to the lowest place. That he might know where you and I are. And he might know where you and I are in the journey. He might know where you and I are when we're lost or when we're in a bar or when we're in a crowd or wherever we are when there's no hope for us. But he could reach down and say, I know, tug, tug, tug. Come on, come on, get up here. I got more for you. And so you, listen, I, I, can, I can share it so many times. Here I was, a young man running headlong into the world and I'm running, and I'm out at a party, and the party is going and going, and suddenly the party stops. And I go, what happened? I went home, and there's my mom praying. She said, I woke up half an hour ago, and you weren't home. And God had a mother on the earth. And she began to pray, and God heard that prayer, and he says, I'll reach down, I'll stop that party, I'll bring him home. Oh, friends, you can't understand the grace of God. And you can be a Christian, and I, I said in my foolish, young ignorance, ah, I'll never serve God. He even sang a song that I would be daring to repeat today. 
But God looked past all of that and he saw a little seed. He wasn't looking at where I was. He was looking at what he had made as a little seed. Oh, we need to thank God for this. So he says now, didn't Jesus, now, listen, I'm, I'm going to read this one first. Because this is, God knew in the beginning that he was going to have men and women. He knew the Savior would be here. He knew he'd have to bring Jesus. He'd have to be crucified. And Jesus told his disciples when he was on the earth that he knew them even before the foundation of the world, before the world ever came into existence. So it's not pre-existence, but there was a little part of you that, that you don't even know is there sometimes. That is a little part of God. If you listen, in, and I, I, I marvel at the continuity of the message in the Bible you know, there's people who will say, you know, running in the channel of Pentecost, the greatest meetings are going to be when the supernatural breaks out and people are screaming and yelling and speaking in tongues and doing all of these things. And they look for that and I go, well, if that's where we're coming to, would not God have led the messenger to bring us to that climax? But in the last month, Six or seven times of his services, he goes back to this phrase, this phrase, the seed gene of God. Hardly ever said it before that, but he leaves that. He deposits that. Now, this is not intellectual. Don't get me wrong. This, this is on a level that no man can understand. This is a level that the animals in Noah's day did never understand. There, there was so many that were to do to come into the ark, and there was others, they were just there, they never felt that tug. But some animals did, and you couldn't keep them away. Oh, thank God for that tug. Couldn't keep us away. So he says, God had to come. He didn't understand this, but God had to become this. I, I'm going to jump quickly to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. This is way out of sequence, but for what I wrote, but I already have qualified that it's not what John thought. It's not what Ed thought. It's what the Holy Ghost thinks. Hebrews chapter 2. My, my. Okay, for... Verse 10, for it became him by whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he who is sanctified and they who are sanctified are all one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name among my brethren in the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I, I, and the children which God has given me. So he knew he'd come to redeem names, but he knew there was others that were part of it, and he told his disciples that. For as much then, now he, he makes this, Paul makes this, for much, much then the children are partakers of flesh and blood. So he knew, as we read in James, he knew who Elijah was. He knew that he would be a man who would have temper, moody spells. 
he knew that he was a rough man. He was a wilderness man. So he knows our humanity. I, this, the, I, I'll, I'll save this just for down the road a little bit because I'll, I'll come into it when we come into our inheritance. But he knew our humanity. He knew Elijah and his moody ways. He knew that would be there. And yet he still allowed Elijah to have the power to shut the heavens and the earth. Now, what was it there was something he could work with in Elijah. Now, the, the brother I would say, power without character is satanic. So sometimes God does not give us things because we haven't developed our character yet. I want you to think, and I'm, I'm using this to think a little, and I've got to watch my time here. If, if you are going to call the messenger to an age... Would you call him to come out of a family with a moonshine father and to be poor as they were poor? And would you allow him to see the negative side of women? And he saw that. Now, God had to use that. But he couldn't use it in the way that the carnal man thought it. But God had to have that. And he also had to have it such that this man would grow up. Now, you'd think the messenger of the age, seven years old, by ten, he'll be in the temple, by such and such he'll be there. But God allowed it, seven years old, he heard a voice in a tree. And then that voice came back to him when he was going to take a drink of whiskey, when he was going to smoke. That voice kept coming. So it was following him even though physically he was not ushered into a place that we could all see. And in fact, God allowed him to go up to the age of 23 years old before he made a decision. Now, and, and, and not only that, but when he came out, he had visions and dreams that his superiors told him was of the devil. Now, God could, have just, God could have just told him, spoke to him outright, clear, and said the same voice that was in a tree. But God was working with the seed. And the seed had to come to character and fruition. So God doesn't just give us things on a platter, but he allows us to struggle, to work, to do it, because he's bringing us to something that we know it's not us, that we know it's him in us, and we know there's something in us that no man can take away. Now, he allows those things. I, I, I marvel just at how God did that. And finally, it was Brother Branham that he couldn't take it no more. And he told his wife, I'm going to that cave and I'm going to find out. And it took a man in desperation and an angel came to him. Oh friends, God's take, we may not have that ministry, we may not have that appearing, but if you're a seed of God, you might go through a lot of things, but God is working it with his express purpose in mind. Now, 
So Hebrews 2, verse 14, for as much then as children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. I'm going to just follow where the Lord's leading me here. This age is neurotic. This age is bound with fear. Complexities. It's, it's living on an edge. And, and we can say, oh, that's out there. No, it comes right on us. And the devil will put little fears. Now, I, I'll, again, I'm going to use the prophet as an example. Brother Branham had a desire to go to Africa to get the last one. And he made, he made an arrangement to go, and he made a booking, and the, and the government of South Africa came back and said, you can come, but you can't preach. You know who did that? One man in an organization spoke to the government, didn't want Brother Branham, and, the, and, and had a passport issued. Now, and Brother Branham, he says, I went there, well, I, I, Lord, you led me. Don't you think God could have just taken that man out of the equation. But God held back something, knowing that in this time and this season, the Spirit of God would not just work through one vessel, but through many vessels to accomplish the will of God. Now, Brother Branham, he had these complexes in his mind, and he said it was just one man. Now, God allowed him to have that. God allowed Jacob, or he allowed Isaac, rather, to be deceived by Jacob. And we think, well, you're all-knowing. No, God's ways are far greater. I really should have brought Job, the, the scriptures in Job, but I don't have time. God works with us, and we have to work with his program. At the end, in 1965, Brother Bram talks about the little sister in a wheelchair. I don't know why she's sitting in that wheelchair. You know, God could raise, I've seen God raise up many others, but she said, she's a flower. She sits among us, and she's got something beautiful. Now he says, we don't understand that, but God does, and he's working with it, and we don't know what his plan is, but whatever you have, if God's got something, allow him to move it. Allow him to work it. I, I, I feel like more than ever, we need to give place and allowance for God in our lives, individually, and as a church, not just what we think, not what I think, but Lord, what do you want? Lord, what would you have? Because we don't know but we're coming to a place of ultimate trust. Now, I'm, 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 I'm. Now I'm, I'm going to play this. I, I came across this, and many of you already have seen it yesterday, but Brother Simon Peter Sesse in New York, he sent this to me just the other morning. I shared it with one or two others. Many of you have seen it. But it's a little video clip. And I want you to think of, I want you to think of this and put yourself in your spiritual journey, you're in this cockpit, and your humanity is now lost, and you have nothing to depend on. 
I want you to put yourself. Okay, can you just turn the lights further on? I just want to play this because it was impacting to me. Now, you, you met, some of you have seen it, but let's just play it. I was in Alaska doing a lawsuit. We're way out in the Aleutian Islands, getting ready to leave and go back to Anchorage and then home. And I had a ticket in my pocket to get on an airplane. A pastor came up and he said, listen, I can save you money. I said, how's that? He said, I flew a small airplane up here. And I fly a small airplane, and I can take you in my little airplane, and you can save your ticket. And this did not sound I said, gee, thank you so very, very much. But I've got this ticket. We'll just make our way on home, me and this other lawyer with me. He said, no, 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 you got to do it. you got to do it. And against every better judgment I had, I said, okay. Well, we went out to the airport, took us by his little plane, and I looked at it. And I thought, well, one good thing, it's shiny. Then he walked around it. We got in. He's on the left front. I'm on the right front. The other lawyer's sitting right behind me. And he started it up. And it started up just fine. Well, we taxied out. I said, should we pray? He said, yeah, that's a good idea. We normally don't. I said, well, this time we're going <laughs> to. And I'm telling you, I prayed five, eight minutes. I prayed a long time. We went and got on the runway. He starts down the runway. The plane lifted off ever so gently, and we start climbing, and it's wonderful. Not a problem in the world. We started climbing, and we flew probably three, four minutes, and something happened that will never leave my mind. The pilot turned to me, and he said, we're going in the clouds, and I can't fly in clouds. They make me pass out. I said, clouds make you do what? <laughs> now, it's been cloudy all day. And we go right up into the clouds, and you can't see anything. And he looks at me, and his eyes roll back in his head. And he starts mumbling, and he passes out. Passed out cold. Now, I grabbed him, and I shook him, and I said, come on, you got to wake up so I can kill you. Now, we're in the clouds, flying along with no pilot. And my friend in the back seat said, we're dead, aren't we? I said, there's a very good chance of that, yes. He said, what are we going to do? I said, I don't know. But there was a radio right there, and I handed him the microphone, and I said, start asking for help. So he's in the back seat reaching up, and he said, hello, hello. We didn't know any proper radio etiquette. All we were saying was hello. And somebody answered back, hello, hello. Don't you guys know proper radio etiquette? And I said, give it to me. I said, tell him, we don't know nothing. Tell him we're in an airplane with a passed out pilot, and we don't know how to fly this plane. The guy said, I'm a freighter flying out of Anchorage on the way to Tokyo. And he said, you're telling me you have nobody who can fly that plane with you? I said, tell him that's correct. Now, you got to understand, I am sweating bullets. He said, the first thing I'm going to do is start circling so I don't lose you, because I'll fly out of range of your radio, and you won't have me anymore. And he said, I'm going to get Anchorage emergency for you. An Anchorage emergency will be the people that can maybe help you try to save your life. After about five minutes, Anchorage came on and said, we understand you have a passed out pilot. And those of you do not know how to fly that plane. We said, that's right. They said, well, the first thing we got to do is find you. And I'll never forget what this man at Anchorage said. He said, my job is to get you home safe. He said, that's my job. But he said, here's the deal. If you want me to get you home safe, you got to promise me you'll obey my voice. He said, you can't see me, but I can see you. And he said, if you're not going to obey my voice, you're going to die. When you can't see anything, you have no idea how disorientated you become. Finally, he said, okay, I found you. Now hear me clear. 
He said, you're four minutes from a mountain. He said, you're going to crash in that mountain and die. Follow my voice. I never said, I have to follow your voice? Is that reasonable? You see, I understood without his voice, I had nothing. And do you understand, without God's voice, you have nothing. Nothing. Finally, he got us turned. And he said, I'm freezing all the traffic in the area. He said, it's going to take me an hour and a half to get you to Anchorage. And there's a lot of weather between you and Anchorage. You're in for a rough ride. And he said, I want you to hear me. I don't want you to look at what's going on outside. I don't want you to pay attention to the storm. Just my voice. And he said, if you start watching the storm, you will die. But I'll take you through it. Now, because they cleared all the traffic, several pilots... Those nighttime freighters, those 747s, started talking to us. They said, we're praying for you, men. You're going to make it. But listen to the voice. That's the key. They said, trust the voice. You realize your head is full of voices. And everybody in this world wants to talk to you. And everybody wants to be the controlling voice. And God says, I want you to be a living sacrifice. I want you to put yourself on the altar and let my voice be your voice. Finally, we went through the worst of the weather, but there was still more. And then the voice came back and it said, now, I'm going to line you up. He said, I'm going to bring you in right down the runway. And at the foot of the runway are some lights and they're in the form of a cross. He said, don't you forget this. The cross is the way home. Finally, he's bringing us down. We still can't see anything. And all he kept saying is, stay with me. My sheep, the Bible says, hear my voice and they follow me. Finally, just a couple hundred feet off the ground, we saw the cross. I landed the plane. In fact, I landed it seven times. Finally, it all came to a stop. And the minute we stopped, the pilot woke up. The voice said, Thanks for listening. I watch them crash and burn all the time because they won't follow my voice. They don't understand I'm the one who can see them even when they can't see me. But they get the voices in their head and they kill themselves. They self-destruct. Thanks for listening to the voice. Then they put us in a motel room at about four in the morning knock at my door and I opened the door and a man was standing there he said hello David I said you're the voice you're the one who got me home he said I am do you understand one day you're going to stand before him and say you were the voice you're the voice that brought me home if you're not on that altar as a living sacrifice your head's full of voices. And then we wonder why kids crash and burn. We wonder why marriages are shattered. And the Lord's saying, I'm the one who has the voice. All I can remember is that voice saying, stay with me. Stay with me. Don't listen to what's going on in your head and don't watch the storm. Stay with me. And I'll take you through. Tonight you have a God.
who has promised to take you through. A living sacrifice, holy. Maybe you saw yourself somewhere in there. I'll tell you what, we're in a place where we're going to need to hear his voice. Listen, we'll just stop the service there. There's more I could have taken, but let's just have the musicians come. I believe God can work with every one of us. If you've got something that, that resonates when God speaks, I believe that's enough. You know, the same God that can speak to a bird when, there's, when they don't know the way, but it'll lead them. And as our brother Brent said the other day, that will lead an eagle. The same God that will cause the animals before there's an earthquake to get away from the walls. The same God is ready to lead any one of us if we're willing to listen to him. Brother Jeff, you sing that you were the one, I think, who started the song. His voice makes the difference. Let's stand together. His voice makes the difference When he speaks, he relieves my troubled mind it's the only voice I hear that makes the difference, and I'll follow one day at a time. When I need Him, I know where to find Him. In my place of prayer, His Spirit hovers
just make the service about video and that's nice story and that's there I want you to really think about where you're at tonight in your life's journey because I, I, I would say just speaking to other ministers, other churches, congregations we are in the worst place that we ever could be we are in a place where we cannot rely on what we used to rely on. We cannot just rely on, well, as long as I show up for church and as long as I'm there, because the devil is hard at work. And I, I, I want you to really think about where you're at. You can come into a church atmosphere and you can say the right words, you can nod your head, you can do it, and you can go right out from here and you can be on a social media site somewhere. You can be on YouTube. You can be a gaming world. Your conversation is completely different. And it's so natural to go from one to the other. But I'm saying God's not going to hold that anymore. You're saying, Brother Ed, that this is it. No, I'm saying that's where we're moving into. And I say, I want to be ready to move with God. Now, if... You, I'll, I'll just say this. The Bible would say something about communications corrupt. Evil communications corrupt. Corrupt us. I, I, I'm going to give you just an example. I got you standing, but I, I'm not finished yet. So just stay with me for a minute. It's, it's not even fully time. You stay and you watch a movie. That gets deposited into you. And somewhere along the line, you, you're talking with somebody and you don't even know where it came from and you have an inclination to go this way. You start talking about someone and one day you're going to talk too far. You start thinking, even in a church service, you start thinking something. I'm giving you the negative first. You start thinking something and before you next thing you know, you're out of church and you're saying it. We, we have been made more than conquerors. That's something that's inside of us. We need to take a hold of it. God wants to work with it. So if, if you're in a circle where you're continually being weakened, and you're in a, in a circle of doubt, and you're in a circle of negativity, that's... You, you might get pulled out here and there, but that'll never get you to overcome. Now, I was a young man, and, I, I, and maybe it's different. Brother Ed, you have a call in your life or whatever it was. But I was a young man, and God separated me. And I found myself, I couldn't go where I had to go before. And, and, and there was even people in church that I found dragged me down. I'm, I'm just cutting to it. And you need to be answerable to God. Now, that doesn't mean you have a bad attitude. But I'm saying is, let's get serious with God. God wants to work with us. But you, He's not going to push you through a pipe. Well, I was born in a message home, therefore I'll be there. You're deceived. If that's what you think it is. You've got to make steps. 
I was, I, I, I was there. It wasn't easy. I had to turn things aside. But I, I went through on my own through the seals. I, I listened to tape after tape. I marked my seals book up. I marked it all up. And I'll say this. 30 years later, some of those same quotes keep coming back to me. What is it? Because I gave myself to it. That was a circle I put myself into. And it helps me down the road now. And I'll say it. I also went into some places I shouldn't have gone into. And it dragged me down and it hurt me. Whatever. This is maybe not the way you wanted to conclude the services. But I'll say this. Wherever you find yourself, make sure. Make sure. You, you, listen, that doesn't mean you'll never meet an unbeliever. Brother Brandon would put it so simply. He said, a bird will fly over your, your head. A bird will fly over your clean, shiny car. And it'll find it. And it'll deposit itself on it. Happens once in a while. But he says, a bird will fly over, but don't let it build a nest. You, you, you might interact with somebody say, well, what's wrong with that? Is it helping you? where your thoughts go. Is it helping you? Just because you have a seed in you, you can grieve it away. You can be like Howard Branham. His associates pulled him away. Friends, I'm, I'm saying this to you with, with love and care. I'm not saying it to be bullish or anything. I'm saying, let God speak to you. Oh, say, Brother Ed, we had a good altar service on, on, on Sunday night. That means in a couple of months we'll have another one. No, it's every service. It's every day. God, I'm here for you. I want to be serious with you. i got to take steps today to help me tomorrow. I'm in the same place. I, I never thought I'd be in some of the situations I'm in. But I say, God, I need you. I need you today that I might have the proper steps tomorrow. And you need to give yourself to it. Let's just bow our heads. Just simple. If you say, God, I see that I have a need. And you just want to lift your hand. And be honest with God. I'll tell you right now, that's a step for the positive. God bless you. Amen. Let's just bow our heads. Heavenly Father. Maybe the service is different than I thought, than any of us thought. But Lord, tonight we just want to say thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your dealing. Thank you, Father, for that little tug on the inside. That little seed germ, Lord. Father, you don't predestinate us, but Lord, you work with that seed. You allow that seed. There was one day in Jesus' presence, there was... <clears throat> All these priests, they were holy on the outside. They were dressed right on the outside. And Jesus was in their midst, and they called him Beelzebub. And then there was a little woman, a woman at a well. And she didn't, she saw something that all those priests didn't see. And the prophet says, because inside of her, what, 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 Inside of her, inside of her soul, there was a little seed germ. Something that the others didn't have. Something you could work with. 
Lord, when, when they all called you names, but Lord, she said, you're the Messiah, you're the Christ. And Lord, you worked with her. You, you spoke to her. You told her of her situation. You told her of her, her husband and her husband's. And, and then you told her of her desire, even in a religious realm. And you tapped into that. You worked with her. Lord, work with us. Work with, with the young people, Lord. They've got struggles that we never had. Lord, some of them maybe have bitterness. Some of them maybe have confusion. Some of them have anger. Their hormones are working in different places. Some of them have been marked and scarred. But oh God, I pray, don't let them go, Father. Work with them, Lord. And Father, for some of us who are older, maybe just gotten a little hard, maybe just gotten a little stiff, but oh God, work with us, oh God. Allow the word to be tender in our hearts. Allow it to move in us, Lord. Work with us, oh God. Father, may we co Give us grace, Lord. Oh, Father, we need you. We depend on you. Father, take these words as maybe as broken up as they were. But, Lord, I believe you're in this service. I believe that you left something. Your word will not return void. I pray that you'd make it real, oh, God. Lord, as you did to Moses one day. Moses, who was trained properly, brought up properly. He knew all the right things, but he still needed something more. He needed another touch, Lord. God granted, I pray. Bless every home. Bless every family. Lord, may our homes be a sanctuary. May it be a place, Lord, where the Holy Ghost can thrive. May there be the right atmosphere, the right tools, O Lord, the right spirit, O God. If we found ourselves and there's books and there's trash and maybe it's in the form of devices, maybe they need to go on a shelf a little bit. Maybe there needs to be some controls. Lord, whatever it needs to be, cause fathers to recognize it. Cause mothers to recognize it. And may young people cooperate. Operate. May we all, O oh Lord, find ourselves in a good place that you can deal with us. Lord, we love you. We need you. We commit ourselves to you. Be our God, O oh Lord. We ask your blessing now on these words. Take this service. Take us in your hands, we ask. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I feel the pull, I feel the pull. I feel the pull. I hear the call. And God's Spirit's moving me to get.